Well, good morning, South Point. How are y'all doing? You doing good? Listen, if this is not your church, we, we yell and scream and stuff. We just prefer you don't yell and scream. Cuss words, you can do those in the lobby. But in here, you know, keep it halfway clean. I'm glad that you guys are with us. Hey, if it is your first time here today, my name is Craig, and my wife Patty and I get to pastor this amazing church together. So thank you for being here. I know that there's people here that this is your home church. There's people here that um, you have another home church, and you're here to see people get baptized. And that's totally cool. We're so glad you're here. We also know that there's people here that don't go to church anywhere. We're glad you're here, too. We have one simple rule at South Point, really. Just cover your privates and come on. You know what I'm talking about? So we are glad that you are here. I see no privates uncovered. So that is good, 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 good. Uh, will you guys do me a favor? There's a bunch of people watching online. Will you put your hands together help me welcome the rest of our family? YouTube, Facebook, Church Online platform, we love you guys. We miss you here. We don't have room for you today, but we miss you here. Uh, and we are going to baptize somewhere around 46 people at the close of this service. So I hope you brought a snack and I've been working out. Can you tell? Can you tell? No, you can't. I can't tell either. Um, all right, so listen, we are in this series called Truth Decay, and let me start out with this simple question. What is truth? What is truth? That question has been asked all throughout history. Um, even Herod said it when he was talking to Jesus right before his trial. They talked about truth and, you know, what is, what is truth? And then if I say what is truth, some of you might be a little philosophical in your thinking, and you think, oh, pastor. We can't know truth. That is such a deep topic. Oh, my. I, um, well, if you'll hang with me, I think in the next 20 minutes we can actually answer that question. Y'all with me for 20 minutes? You're already here. You might as well stick with it for another 20 minutes. Um, okay, so we are going to get a little philosophical today, so I need you to put on your philosophy brain. And I know saying philosophy in Mississippi, that's a, <laughs> that's a conundrum right there, isn't it? But, but let's try, let's try. Um, so what is truth? Here you go. Fill in the blank. Pull out your note sheets. Take this stuff down. Um, here we go. Truth is reality. Truth is reality. So then what's reality? Okay, that's a great question. Reality is what you run into when you're wrong. How many have ever heard of a dose of reality? Anybody ever heard of that? How many know that's the best medicine for some people? Yep. Come on, just come on, come on. Um, I learned my lesson with reality in one area. I was raised by a mom that fed me lies. She fed me lies such as, Craig, you can do anything you put your mind to. You can be anything you want to be. How many of you were raised with this stupid philosophy? Those of you that aren't raising your hand, you were probably raised with this philosophy, but you still think it's true. You're like, that's not stupid. That's true. I can do whatever I want. Okay, I was five or six. Mom had bred this into me. I mean, it was like in my brain, and I, I can do anything. So went to the grocery store and got a Superman comic book. This is back in the day, yo. And I looked in there, and I was like, he can fly. Mom said, I can do whatever I want to do. I can be all I can be. I'm going to fly. I can fly. And I knew it so deep because mom had convinced me I was guaranteed I can fly. Now, the problem with this was I had no doubt I could fly. Of course, I'm five. I'm six. I got this down. And you know all you need to do to fly, because it, it's in the comic book, you just got to jump off something. 
you know, and I didn't want to jump off the end of my bed because I knew when I fly that I'm going to hit the ceiling, the ceiling fan, just get ugly and messy. So I'm going to go outside so i got more room. But then that posed the problem. If I go outside to jump off something, how do I get back down? That was not covered in the comic book. And so I thought, okay, how can I do this? And so I'm standing in the driveway, and my dad had an old Chevy truck. And because this was like the 70s, and so before it was an older truck, so older truck. And so this was the kind of truck that um, back in the day, the spare tire was just in the bed of the truck. You know, it wasn't under. And so to keep people from stealing my dad's spare tire, he had gotten this guy to weld one end of a chain to the inside of the bed of the truck, and then he would take that chain and wrap it around the spare tire, you know, and lock it, and it would, it would be there. You all tracking with me? Yeah, and so, so this was my moment because God was smiling on me to help me because when I went in the driveway, my dad had had a flat tire. The spare tire was not in the back of the truck. The chain was just a dangling, and I thought, yeah, there's my answer. And so I climb up in the truck, and I t this chain's about that long, you know, welded to the, the bed, and I tie it, I wrap it, and hook it around my ankle. And I climb up, like, no kidding, and I climb up on the, the rail of the bed of the truck, and I'm standing there, and I'm like, okay, I can fly, you know, and I'm, I'm already thinking, like, I've already, I'm five or six, I've already forgotten there's a chain around my ankle, I'm like, I can land on the roof, it's right over there, here we go, and I had no problem, and I just jumped, because I know I can fly, I, I, I can't fly, and I jumped about three inches, because that's about all that the chain would allow, and it caught me, and I went, whoom, and I wasn't tall enough to, like, touch the ground, and I wasn't tall enough to hit my head on the ground, and I'm just dangling like a cracker pinata just from the side of my dad's truck. And I start crying and screaming, and I'm yelling, and finally my mom hears me. She comes out, and if, if there would have been cell phones back then, there would have been a video of this on TikTok or something, because, I mean, she just came out, and I'm crying, and she just busts out laughing. I mean, she just belly laughed. Didn't even get me down right away. She's like, that's so funny. What do you think? She gets me down, helps my little ankle because it was all bruised and stuff from the chain, and she says, Craig, what were you thinking? I said, this is your fault. <laughs> you lied to me. She said, Connie, I don't lie. I didn't lie to you. I said, you lied. You said I could do anything I want to do. I want to fly. I can't fly. You lied. She said, honey, those comic books, that's not reality. I'm like, what's reality? She's like, that chain around your ankle, that was reality. <laughs> right? I mean, it's just all of a sudden, reality, you find, reality will find you when you're wrong. Anybody ever been wrong before? Yep. The rest of you not raising your hand, you were wrong in not raising your hand. <laughs> so if truth is reality, if reality is what you run into when you are wrong, then, then, what, what, then what? Okay, so lies are unreality. Lies are unreality. Now, this comes to the philosophical point of this message, and you have to grasp this before we move on. So I want to teach you a little something, and then we're going to take this paradigm, this idea, and apply it to something. Okay, so y'all y'all ready? Is, is this going to be the problem section this time? This should not be the problem section this time. I mean, this is like, okay. So here's the idea. So you are the only creature that can actually imagine something. Did you know that? You, according to scientists, I don't know. I imagine that they're telling the truth, but you are the only that was a dad joke in there. Oh, you're the only creature that can imagine something, all right? And so we all have these, we've talked about this before, we all have these neural pathways in our brain, right? And they're those super highways that just help you perform habits or habitual behavior without having to think about it, like brushing your teeth, tying your shoes, driving the car, you know, whatever, those habitual things. Not bad habitual, just habitual. 
And so we have those, and with the neural pathways, we also have this thing called mind maps. They kind of overlap a little bit. Mind maps are this idea, it's a way that you process life. Like every single one of us, we process life a certain way. And those are those, are, those, are those maps that are in our brain, and we adopt a certain mind map. Are you all still with me? We adopt a certain mind map that we believe will get us to happiness and fulfillment. Because nobody adopts a mind map of, where are you headed in life? Man, I want to be so screwed up, bro. I want to be miserable, divorced, homeless, living alone, addicted to heroin and cracking cocaine. Nobody says that, right? Instead, you have a mind map that says, I am doing the best that I know how to do with to lead me to happiness. Y'all with me? Okay, so that's here. But then at the same time, you have the ability to imagine something. And when you imagine something, imagination does not play into reality because what you imagine is unreality, right? It hasn't been, you have imagined it. Y'all still tracking me? So you are the only creatures on the planet that have the ability, this God-given ability, it's amazing, where you understand and can grasp reality and you can understand and grasp imagination, something that's not real. That's fantastic, isn't it? Huge downside. Here's the downside. The downside is you can actually get to the point where you start believing something that is not true, and now you believe it as true, even though it started out as an unreality, a lie. And you adopt it as your mind map, and you think it's leading you to happiness, and you've adopted it as truth, but what if your mind map is wrong? What if you are just headed in the wrong direction and the first thing you have to do is admit and recognize that you are wrong? And nobody, you don't hear anybody cheering, do you? I'm wrong. Yes, praise God. He's shucking the corn today. No, nobody wants to admit you're wrong and you will never admit you're wrong, especially to your spouse. Come on, you know I'm right, right? But this whole thing, we have to first understand that we, you can do it. And when we begin adopting the wrong mind map, here's what happens. It spreads throughout our whole lives like cancer because it goes from your thoughts that you've created to your emotions, to your actions. And now all of a sudden, I am thinking and feeling and acting on something that is an absolute lie and not true. Are you all tracking with me? Okay. So... Here's what we're going to do today. In the next few minutes, I want to take that mindset, that, that process. Y'all, y'all got the process? Yeah. yeah? Okay. Now, let's apply it to the biggest and hottest topic in our country right now. So, you, got the, you guys got the, the thing? You can think about two things. Y'all track it. You got it. You got to get it. You got to get it. 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 All right. So, let's apply that to... This hot topic. Now listen, when I say what it is, some of you have already looked at your message notes. Some of you are just now looking because I'm talking about it. Um, I see you. Uh, I see you. I see you. Um, but when I pull this out and tell you what we're talking about, half of you, some of you, I won't say half, some of you in-house or online are going to get offended. You're going to get mad. You're going to question why I chose to share this message on Baptism Sunday with all the guests here. Um, okay, that's cool. Uh, that's why we always say there's lots of amazing churches here in DeSoto County. Pick one. <laughs> the other part of you, the other part of you will, it will garner applause from you. And, and what I'm telling you, I'm looking for neither. 
I'm looking for neither. I'm not looking for to offend you or upset you. I'm not looking for you to applaud. Here's what I'm doing. I know this is a tough topic, and I even it's it's only a tough topic because I think it's a tough topic and because propaganda has told us it's a tough topic. But God says that no, it's just simply the truth. And the only thing that makes it more difficult is the propaganda that surrounds it. So let's apply this philosophical thought process to human sexuality. You're welcome. Right now you're like, I was just here to see my grandkid get baptized. Seriously? Seriously? Trust me, it gets really bad from this point on. So, pull out your notes. Let's, let's, just, let's just apply this thought process. Let's look at this thing called human sexuality. Here's just some history stuff. This is not really to argue with. This is just hit, like historical stuff. You can go look up dates of your own self. And some of these things that I'm getting ready to read, they overlap a little bit as far as history and timeline stuff, but you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. You guys are brilliant. The sexual revolution, it was in the 60s. How many, lived, who, how many were alive and active in the 60s? Some. How many were alive and active in the 60s? We have one man, two men, two men in this whole congregation. Lying is the topic for next week. No. So the sexual revolution in the 1960s, and this brought about promiscuity, right? I mean, that's just where it came from. And it began a separation of sex and marriage. And then you have birth control and legalized abortion, separation of sex and procreation. And then we get to this thing called no-fault divorce. And no-fault divorce moves us from, it goes from a covenant to a contract. Remember, remember when marriage used to be a covenant? Yep. Remember when marriage used to be, it doesn't matter, I made a promise, so it doesn't matter if I like them anymore, if I'm happy with them anymore, if I'm getting my needs met or not. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I made a covenant. Aren't you glad you came to South Point? Good morning, everybody. Made a covenant, not a contract. And so that brought a separation um, from intimacy and infidelity. Sex from intimacy and infidelity. And then we got the tender and hookup culture. How many swipe writers out there? Don't lift your hand up. Separated sex from romance. And this was the whole idea. I'm just getting my needs met, right? It just took all this stuff out, and now I'm just getting my needs met. And then the LGBTQI+, and I think they added two more letters this week, but nonetheless, the LGBTQI+, separated sex from male and female binary. And then we have the transgender wave, which separated gender from biological sex. Now, that is, you can argue with that if you want, but that's just, that's just like historical stuff, right, of what, what we're seeing, okay? And, and with that, I know every single one of these things, there's always questions with which, well, what about this person or what about that person? Can I tell you a question that nobody's asking? Nobody's asking, nobody's backing up far enough from the situation to just ask the question, is this making anybody better? Is it making anybody happier? Is it making our lives more fulfilled? Now, and some of you might say, well, yeah, it is. Hold up, girlfriend, I got some research coming. But nobody's asking the question, is it really the best path? Or could it be, could it be that our mind map has shifted just a little bit and we've got some truth decay going on? And now all of a sudden the propaganda has changed the, the narrative of the story. And now all of a sudden we think these things are appropriate because it's just, it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. But we need to back up to the truth. The truth. Okay, now how many felt the uncomfortableness of that list? Yeah, one, one, one honest person. Um, 
But I thought there would be some that weren't as uncomfortable with that list, so let's put it through another. You ready? <laughs> this one's way more up in our grill because really, that last part, the majority of us are not in that, in that boat. But how about this? How about this? This is just some, some stuff that's going on right now. Divorce. Fill in the blank. Divorce. And here's some research and stuff for you. Divorce. Traumatic scientifically linked to a struggle in people to develop intimacy and healthy relationships, okay? Cohabitating, that means you're living together before you're married if you did not know what that means. Here's the deal, if you're cohabiting, habitating. oh, and let me say this, I forgot to start with this. Each one of these has, there's a footnote. I actually did foot, I did a bibliography in your notes for you. Because I knew some of you are gonna go, that's just not true. How many like extra study? Raise your hand. You like extra study? Not many. Okay, so, Thank you. Um, I wasted all that work. All right. Anyway, there's some footnotes there. If you want to look this stuff up, you can. This, this is just science saying this same stuff that we're saying. Cohabitating. They say if you cohabitate before marriage, here's the deal. You are less likely to get married. If you do get married, you are more likely to get divorced. And it develops deep trust issues down the life of that person. I just don't feel that way. We'll get to you in a second. Um, sex. Straight up sex, oxytocin and vasopressin. These are two chemicals that are released in your body when you have sexual intercourse. And here's what science tells us. Science tells us the more partners you have, because these chemicals are what bring our attachment system online. We become attached to that person. So the more partners you have, the less capacity your body has for intimacy. Well, I just don't believe that. Okay. Um, well, here's the deal. Science says it. The footnote's in your notes. Science says it. And you know who else said it? The Bible. It's a good book. You should read it sometime. I'm just telling you. It's a really good book. You mean it talks about sex? Sure does. whole lot of it. All right. Here's another one. Abortion. Abortion. Long-term negative effects on women's emotional and physical health. In fact, that research, if you'll go read that research, it's actually a research that's talking about how one side of our political party is thinking about changing their views on it because it's so detrimental to women. Study it, study it for yourself. Here's, here's the last one to make us all uncomfortable. Sex reassignment surgery. Seriously, Pastor? I love the topics here at South Point. It's so amazing. Sex reassignment surgery. The research shows it no longer, it does not benefit the emotional health of the person. Yet it's the very reason that that person does it is to find fulfillment and happiness and to make them better. And yet research is now saying it doesn't work. Why does it not work? Because we have decayed from the truth. So what are you saying, Pastor? Let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Are you telling me you expect all of us to go back to some archaic traditional views? Is that what you're actually saying? After all the advancements we've made? Hey, we have made lots of advancements in this area. Unfortunately, I think it's more of an advanced truth decay than anything else. It's advanced to a point now where we've actually thinking and even arguing, and some of you right now in your minds are even arguing against what I'm saying because it has become such a developed truth in us when it's not the truth, it's a lie. But the lie meets an immediate need that we think will lead us to happiness, and so we adopt it, and then that immediate need is met, and now a lie becomes the truth, and as we move forward, our mind map has shifted, and we're no longer headed towards happiness, we're headed towards something else. And we like it when, like some of you really like when I add the science footnotes. You're like, oh, I love that. I love it when science proves the Bible right. 
Until we start recognizing that the Bible is right and stop waiting on science to catch up, you're going to be stuck like Chuck. The science said this is true. Honey, Jesus said it was true 2,000 years ago. Why are you waiting for a created thing to tell you what the creator said? Well, psychology says, listen, I love social sciences. I read them. You guys know that. I'm, I love psychology. I love sociology. But if I am continually waiting for a science to tell me what I believe and what I know and what truth is, I am stuck like Chuck. And I'm not going to find happiness. Why? Because I'm waiting on man to catch me up to a supernatural state that Jesus put me in like that. Just move on, Pastor. Some of you are like, Pastor, you're still, I mean, let's be honest. You just plucked the low-hanging fruit of society and started picking on that. Number one, I'm not picking on that. Number two, um, some of you, I'm not trying to just pick on the sexual things of humanity. Here's what I want. I just want us to understand that we, have, we all have things in our mind that are not true. All of us. And we find propaganda somewhere in the news or the media and we latch onto it when it lines up with our lies. And instead of latching onto the propaganda of society, here's what I'm just, my heart is saying this so hard. What if you latch onto the truth of God's word and what he provided for us? And no matter what the world says, we stand up and say, you can believe that if you want, but I know my God and that's not him. Yeah. All right, so, so what is truth? What is truth? Here, here's, I got to hurry. We got to baptize, go, go baptize some people. This next part's real quick, though. Let's talk about some truth. You ready for some truth? Real quick, let's look at some truth. John 8, 32, Jesus said this, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So in this one sentence, Jesus lays out two things that are absolutely phenomenal. Number one, the truth will set you free. If you have been set free from, if you've been set free from the lies, then that means you were first imprisoned to the lies. The first step is you have to realize that you have things in your mind that are not accurate. They're not accurate. I know your wife has been telling you that for a long time. But <laughs> we have to come to the point where there's certain topics, certain things, that the way we're thinking, we just need to process differently. And we need to process it through the Word of God, and we need to process it through this man named Jesus Christ. He is truth, and he will set you free from the lies. And here's the second and Here's the second thing. There's a verse in there from 2 Timothy, which is pretty cool. You can read that. Here's the second thing he says. You can know the truth. You can. You can know the truth. Now, let me say this, and, and then we'll, we'll close out this little, this little get-together here. Here's the deal. You can know the truth. All, the authority of truth used to be found in the 1700s, 1800s, before that, 1700s and 1800s. The, the authority of truth was always God, Scripture, and the church. It was God, Scripture, and the church. That's the authority of just truth. And then we got educated. We got enlightened. And I don't mean the enlightenment period. That was earlier. I mean, you just got, we all just got a little bit smarter. And we started putting things into these categories. We started doing things that we knew we could prove and know, like mathematics, science, biology. And now all of a sudden, the authority of truth has now shifted to science, research, and the university. And when they began proving different things in science, research, and the university, they refiled truth. And they refiled belief. 
they refiled this God, Scripture, and church to a belief category rather than the truth. Now watch this. Yes, I know the band is coming. It was all planned. Take a deep breath. <laughs> people always want, think they're rushing the stage. It's all good. It's all good. They're planned. I know these people. We start refiling. They have refiled what we believe. Now watch this. They refile it to a place called belief, which no longer covers right, wrong, and God. Because now the way it's filed is, don't miss this. If you don't hear anything, don't miss this. It's refiled to the point of now you can believe that's true for you. I believe, I believe that's true for me. But truth is not dependent upon the person or the convictions. Truth is dependent upon the scripture and this man named Jesus Christ. It, it's not what you think and what I think. It's not what did Jesus teach the people. What did he teach the people? The thing he told his followers and all of his casual stalkers, he said this in Matthew 1.15. Jesus' message was this. At la you can laugh. It's okay. It's, it's funny. She's... Sometimes I just throw them in there, you know, and you just keep on going. All right, Jesus said this. Jesus' message was this. At last, the fulfillment of this age has come. It is time for God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. Turn your lives back to God and put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. Nothing else. The hope-filled gospel. And that, that is what these people are doing today that are getting baptized just so you know. They're, they're, they're shifting their mind from the propaganda of the world to the gospel message of Jesus Christ. You mean they're perfect? No, you should meet some of these people. They ain't even close. Ain't even close. But here's what they're doing. They're, they're saying, they're making a public confession. They're saying, listen, every time I'm confronted mentally with something that might it's just questionable, like, well, propaganda says this, I just don't. They're going to turn to the way of Christ rather than the way of the world. One step at a time, day after day, there's no perfection. Listen, it's not perfection, it's just progression. Just, just progression, that's it. And so that's what these people are doing. So if you're being baptized today, stand up. Look at all these awesome people. Man, oh man. All right, all you people. I'm going to talk for just a second, but all you people go ahead and go out that door, the, the backstage door right there. And let me say this while they're going out there, and they'll come around here. Um, you need to learn something about, you need to know something about baptism here at South Point, okay? We do immersion, and the reason we immerse them in water is because it's scriptural, that's the truth. And the other thing is, it's symbolic, okay? It's symbolic that when you go under the water, you're putting to death your old man, your old way. And when you come up out of the water, it's a resurrection into a brand new life. So, in this one tank, you have a funeral and a birthday party. And so we celebrate the birthday party here. There's a couple things. When they come out of this water, shout and cheer. Some of you go to a little kid's birthday party, and you put on that stupid-looking hat, and you say the cake is good, and you know it tastes like plastic. But you put on a good face because you're so happy for that kid. Listen, when they come out of this water, they need to hear you shouting and screaming their name and yelling for them because they're a part of this family. And they've just been born into Christ. Come on, that is a beautiful thing. So we do not allow... 
Let me just tell you a couple things we do not allow here at South Point we do, during baptism. We do not allow a golf clap. Not allowed, okay? If the security sees you doing that, they have been armed with tasers today. They'll take care of it. And then you'll be shouting. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Stand with me, if you will. Are you ready for this? Come on. Shout. Don't get tired. Don't get tired. We got this. Let's do it. <laughs> 